right, Driven Minds Podcast. This is Franz Bowen. This is Trav Weeks. We have another special guest in the building today. Indeed. Uh, indeed, indeed. The communications manager at NBC Universal. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, Vanderbilt graduate. Oh. Absolutely. Imani Ellis. Indeed. Hello, hello. Failed to mention, oh, founder of the Creative Collective. Oh, oh my bad. No. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the, she's so, a plug. So my little you know. baby. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cool. Definitely. We want to, uh, you know, um, thank Imani for coming on board. How I met, well, first, you know, social media brings the worlds together, but I originally heard of her brand before I knew who she actually was. That means that just shows you her branding and marketing skills. It's crazy. <laughs> and um, uh, recently, a mutual friend of ours decided to link us up. Shout out to the homie Andrew Kung. And um, he was like, yeah, you got to meet Imani. And when I did, I was just blown away. Like, she's just a dynamic dope human being and um we're happy to have her on our podcast that's dope thank you for having me the energy already is it's good in here absolutely it's good in here i feel like it's very mutual i was seeing driven minds everywhere (laughs) and i was like all the events they're selling things they've got i mean it's a lot of things happening i was very curious and so when andrew made that connection the admiration was very mutual. So you guys are doing great things over here. Just appreciative of the uh, mutual feelings in the building. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. It's important. This is very true. We got to do this for each other. You know what I mean? This is what, you know, the community is about. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yup. So yeah, we just want to get started. You tell us a little about your background, where you're from, and, um, you know, how'd you make it to NYC? For sure. So originally from Chicago. Nice. Moved Chi Town. I, I would say Shadow. Side, north, south. See, South Side. Okay. Oh. Harrow's. But I only lived there for three years. So can I really claim it? Yeah, you could still. You it, it depends. It, when did you spend your teenage years? Atlanta. You, you're, so I'm from yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah. from Atlanta, both my parents are preachers. So double preacher's daughter. Baptist. Wow. Southern Baptist. That's interesting. Woo. Southern Baptist. But like not the kind you see on TV. So you're a PK. Times two. Wow. So what you say your parents not selling that holy rag in, in, in 1895? <laughs> no. <laughs> now and get that Jesus sandal. They're, I mean, they were just so cool as parents. Like, I want to be like them when I'm a parent. They were very Let's much go. like, we're going to teach you how to be a good human being. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do this thing called trust. Just don't break it. And it worked. Because I just, they weren't always where I was. But I just like... It really didn't want to disappoint them. Yeah. Like, it meant something to not have them be disappointed. And I think that's stronger than just, like, chaining your kids up and being like, don't ever smoke. Right. I, I've been there. You my, know? My parentage was the same. Like, I just had so much leeway that it was kind of yeah. like, why, why out? Right. Meanwhile. <laughs> People got to college who were, like, locked up and just lost their mind. But I was like, mm, I've been driving since I was 16. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I um... So then I, I ran track, so I got a track scholarship. So I went to Vanderbilt on track scholarship. I did hurdles. Oh, wow. Can you guys I see me in the I for the 200. Ooh. I'm too tall for that, I think. Like, I'm long. Usain Bolt is like 6'5". That's true. There's no excuse. See, the hurdles, already, the hurdles like scare me. I be, like, I, it's, something, <laughs> you know, it's something I always wanted to try, but I keep visualizing me busting my ass <laughs> on the third one. Like, how do, I'm pretty sure, like, getting you have you actually you have to probably fall down a few times before you get it right, right? I'm pretty sure. I fell once. I fell my first race and I crawled across the finish line, but I still won. Wow. 
See, we have the best guests on our podcast. People who are really just killing shit. That's that's questionable, but it's fire it's at the same time. It's true. <laughs> <I'll take> it. <laughs> it was true. So I I did that, and then I went to Vanderbilt. But I always knew I wanted to live in New York. Like, mm. girl from the South, New York just represented to me like where the best of the best go. Like, mm. if you want to be the best at something, and I didn't want to be just kind of the best, but really there's other people who are out there like kicking my ass. Like I wanted to be like the best. I was like, I have to go where the, where like the go-getters are. So Mm -hmm. like it always was New York. So every year I was at Vanderbilt, I would come up to New York and intern. And at first I thought I wanted to be a talent agent. And I'm the kind of person that when I think I want to do something, I don't even think there's another, I just think that's what I'm going to do. So I was like, I'm going to be a talent agent. I'm going to be an agent. So I interned at, Viacom, talent and casting. And then the next summer, I interned at Creative Artist Agency. Oh, CAA. Um, CAA. Because I was like, I want to, like, I just want to be where all the movers and are. Right, I want right, to learn from the right. best. And so went to CAA, and they were like, mm, you're good, but if you want to be the best agent ever, you should probably go to law school. Like, Kanye West's lawyer yeah. or agent, like, they went to law school, and I was like, mm. Mm. I don't want to do that. Right, right. So I quickly did a little informational with a publicist, and I was like, I could do, I could do that. Like I could, I could do that. And so I, just like that, I pivoted, and I was like, I want to do PR. Nice. So I went back to Vanderbilt. No P, they have no PR classes. Like Vanderbilt is a very like you're going to be a doctor yeah. kind mm-hmm. of school, and it's a great school. I love my alma mater, but they didn't have a PR class. So I started a PR club. It's the Vanderbilt Public Relations Society. And it's still there. And this wow. girl, it's crazy because the president emailed me and goes, you know, I'm the president of VPRS. Like, and it just, I got a little nostalgic. I was like, wow. That's crazy. It's like the president of the club that Of the club now that I started. Wow. So I'm like, wow. That's like that's, I mean, you don't think, I don't know if you really think about things living on once you're gone. Like right, you're right. in it. But I don't know if you're like, oh, when I leave college, someone else will inherit this. It was really cool. She was really driven. Um, And so from there, I I graduated. I was in the PAGE program, which is where you kind of give tours at NBC. I did that for two months, wore my little uniform. Mm. And then there was an opening at Bravo. And I've been at Bravo, it'll be, oh my God, five years in September. So it's been fun. It's really fun. So, yeah, I do their PR strategy and um, help get more press for them, put out the fires when TMZ calls. Wow. So do you you love PR field, would you say, or is it something that you're natural at? I think it's a little bit of both. I like it because I think I'm a natural at it. Like, I'm a people person. And I think you don't... I think that things in the beginning that I thought would hinder me, like being from the South, like when I first came here, I would say, yes, ma'am, because you just do. Mm-hmm. And people would be like, mm, no, don't do that. But like, I think like I have this thing where I am sweet first mm-hmm. and I don't ever want to have to not be. But when I'm not, I think people are like, oh, she's serious. Like right, right, right. versus being mean all the time. Like, yeah let's work together and let's both win. I don't want to have to. And I think when I have to be like the bulldog, people are like, Oh my God, because (laughs) I don't, but it probably take you even more seriously. Right. Cause it's like, she's never really liked that. That's not my nature. So, okay. That's interesting. So how did, in, in terms of that, what, what, what skills did you have to develop to start to communicate with other people outside of, um, comforting norms? 
yeah. you're from the south so yeah. they're huge on formality they're huge on you know hospitality, per- hospitality discourse mm-hmm. coming to new york and just being the belly of the beast what the were some jungle. things that you had to adjust mm-hmm. or, or you learned I love New York. I think, and I'll say this, I'll say this on record. I think people in New York are more genuinely mm. nice than mm. people in the South. Wow. I will say that on record. You think, you think because people in the South stand on ceremony? It's just that I see people like drop a dollar bill in New York and I will see people chase behind them and be like, sir. And I think that I came... This is definitely not happening in Brownsville. Look. Say <laughs> Brownsville. He said what part of New York. What part of New York. But like people will be stuck in the doors and people come together to open the doors for them. And right, right, right. I think there's, you know, in the South, bless your heart is not a compliment. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just, it's dressed up in one. But so really it's... Off. Yeah, it's like a, ooh, ooh child. Bless like, your heart. Get yeah, your yeah, life yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I when I think one of the things I had to get used to though is just kind of like making it quick. Like mm-hmm. in the South, there's like a warm up to get people to do or you know. In New York, it's just kind of like, all right, what do you need? I don't have time for like all the pleasantries. Like, are you lost? Where do you want to go? I don't have time right, for like, right, right. um, what time is it? And what's the weather? Just like, are you? Where do you need just to shoot go? Shoot the fat. There's no time. For I that. love that. I really mm. like that. And I think there's this like genuine, we're in this together, we're all on this subway, but there's the CEO and there's the intern and we're on this hot ass train together. That's I love sure. that. Yo, that's, that's a sure. very interesting insight. I yeah. really love that we're all squished together like mm. that. Did um being in New York, did it um enhance your drive, you would say? Oh, for sure. Oh my God. I mean, it makes you humble. Mm. Because I think, you know, you come from a place where you're one of two. You know, and it's funny how people back home will be like, I mean, coming to New York is almost like, they'll be like, congratulations back home. It's like you, you made it in a sense. Made right? it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I remember I, I was a page. I was making like, what, $11 an hour. Right. And I had people in the South being like, congratulations. And I was like, I mean, I'm grinding. Just like I really you. am. This yeah. is very humbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you come up here and it like lead sharpens lead. You meet people and you're mm-hmm. like, I'm really on my shit. But then you meet people. Not that you should be comparing yourself, but you're just like, there are so many other things I still need to do. Like, mm-hmm. I have not made it. Like, I'm still making things and making myself. And I love it. I mean, I think at first I'm, I got here and I I had to fly right back home. I was like, this is too hard. I don't think I can do it. <laughs> So let's talk about how um, you, you've been here for a while and you decided that, okay, you can um, you can do something even a little bit bigger. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have a network and you decided to create a platform, create a community, which is, I think, one of the most amazing things anybody could do when they if they have the opportunity. Absolutely. So let's talk about your baby, which yeah. is the Creative Collective NYC, how it started and um, just the whole process and where you're at now. Yeah, I I mean, I really just thought, you know, don't come to New York. I didn't move to New York to stay home, right? Like, I could have done that in Atlanta, Georgia. And so I went out to try to do this networking thing, and it just was whack. Like, I mean, it was just very corny. It was just very, like, here's your business card. And everyone was like, well, what do you do? And what do you do? And I just was telling everyone what I did. And it just really seemed very, I mean, I could do that from my computer like if I wanted to know what you do I'll just go find complex and then find the bookers and then pitch them like Mm -hmm. I don't really need to be in a bar to do that and so I just kind of was frustrated with what that looked like and 
I'm a social person. I was sitting in my living room with like five of my really good friends, maybe seven. And I just kind of had this moment where I was like, wait, why am I not networking with like people that I know so well? Like Mm. one of my best friends, Lily, is a senior editor at Huffington Post. Like, wow. why have I not pitched her a story? That's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I see her every every other day, every weekend. Wow. Why have we not worked together in, like, a, a professional way? And so that kind of stemmed it. I think we were kind of like, wait, let's all just start working together and feeding each other. Mm-hmm. And so we took a selfie, I think, and people were like, how come I wasn't invited to this? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, you know how people are like, well, where are you so going to so not invite me? You know the eyes between <laughs> the tree emoji? Yeah. Like they yeah. were like... Uh-huh. <laughs> so I said, let's do this again. But next time everyone brings someone you can vouch for. Mm. So I don't even need to clear them, whatever that means. Just bring someone right, right, that right. you think can add to this community. And so, you know, seven people turned into 14 people you know, turned into 34 people, turned into too many people. It was just too many people in my apartment because we right. were always, and I would just cook for everyone and I'd make like tacos or, yes, if you come to my house, I will cook for you. So I was cooking, I had like from the South snacks. <laughs> oh my God. I have brunches. You guys should come. Once a quarter. <laughs> I'm definitely, I'll RSVP right now. Absolutely. <laughs> So I think I, that's when I started realizing, okay, like it's bigger than my apartment. Like, Mm -hmm. let's see if we can get a location, but like I have a full-time job. So like this wasn't a very like jump out the window kind of thing. Like I didn't have just like money to blow. I was like, I, I want to foster this community, but like I'm on a budget. So kind of like us even before you even go even before i want to ask just was it a conscious thing to really look at your your friends and you know um people who look like you or around you to really see the value in them was that a conscious thing or was it just like hmm everybody's doing dope shit let me see if i can you know i think it was that i think it was kind of you don't even notice what's right in front of you mm. but i think it was one of those things like you know and i always use this um, I always use this metaphor, like you see one ant, but then you see them all, right? Like it always starts, you see one. Right, right. And then you like, you're like, oh, sh- I'm standing in an ant bed. But like, it starts with like one. And I literally was like, wait, my friends are kind of the shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like growing in the PR world. And as my clients are getting bigger, right. you know, I have people being like, wait, you rep, you, you talk to them. And I'm like, well, yeah, like I talk right, to them right. every day. I, I text them every day. And just how people kind of do that moment where they're like, you're that close to whatever celebrity it is. Like, I think I had the same moment where I was like, wait, my friend is interviewing Oprah. Mm. What? Huh? Right, right. What? And I think, you know, we see our friends so much in the, like, brunch and the, yeah. like, we want to get away from work. Right, right. And the turn up side. And, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. it was just kind of cool to be able to put them together. Love that you did that. Love that. Talk about the types of events you guys produce and curate. Yeah, so I mean, it's very startup in the sense that we don't have like a six-month plan. It's 
it's reflective of the times. We were just talking about, you know, after Trump was elected, we wanted to do an event at Revolt. We were working with Revolt and we wanted to do this like whole like branding yourself and like social mm. currency and like how you can't sleep on social currency. Like you can't say, I want to grow in entertainment, but I'm not on Instagram unless you've already made it and you're just right, right, right. that yeah. guy. You're not introducing yourself anymore. But if you're up and coming, like, sorry, you've got to participate. Gotta use your tools. So that's what it was going to be about. And then Trump got elected and it just felt so phony to try to talk about your Instagram. So we made a few calls and uh, Bernie Sanders' um, secretary nice. uh, was in town. Simone Sanders, who her and Angela Rye are killing it. I love Angela Oh, Rye. my God. Oh, my hero. Rye. Don't even. Intellectual I mean, bae. Yes. <laughs> She's everything. She was in town. And so we had her. We had Rashad Drakeford. I know it was a friend of shout out to Rashad. Shout out. shout out to Rashad. Um, and then Lily moderated. And it was just like, let's talk about how much this sucks, but more like what can we do like mentally to like get through this? Cause mm. I went to work and people just acted like I mean, people were just like acting like it was another Wednesday. It was the it was like being in the Twilight Zone. It was right. really weird going yeah. to work. Mm-hmm. Because I don't work with a lot of people that look like me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, so did you vote for him? It was just weird. I was like... Yeah, you. it's like you never know. You know what I mean? Like, you give me by your side. I understand that. Yeah. That's so, also how I felt, too, when um when the brother got killed. Um, Philanthros? Phil- Phil- oh, yeah. Philando Castell. Philando Castell. Um, going to work, too. I was in corporate movement at that time, but... I felt the same way. Like, yo, do people, do y'all care? You know, like yeah. I felt in that capacity. So it I was get you. So yeah. weird. But yeah, I mean, you know, on a lighter note, like, you know, but the, we do things that are reflective of the times. Like we did that. We've done um, Fadia Cater, who's like one of my mentors. Uh, she's over at Instagram. Like we did something with her, like protect your magic. We've worked with um, all kinds of folks from WeWork to Huffington Post nice. to... Um, Twitter, I think it just is one of those things where every time we have an event and sometimes I'll be like, okay, I'm kind of tired now, Mm -hmm. but someone will come up and be like, Hey, I have an idea. I have a venue. I have someone we should partner with. So it just keeps like feeding itself. And so it'll be our one year anniversary in June. So we all, we would have done 14 events in 12, the last 12 months. That's amazing growth. Congratulations so on thank that. Thank you. Thank you a lot. Wait, what's your vision on where you're seeing it growing? Um, I know that's a baby. I know you have, you know. Yeah. I think, you know, Imani of the past is very five-year plan. I am mm-hmm. relentless with it. Like, to the, I've had to just chill out a little bit. Personal life, professional life. When I was like 21, I was like, by the time I'm 26, I will have a husband. Hmm. not children yet like I really thought like that and I just had to kind of like let it go a little so I we all did at one point right yeah so I say that to say like I really I'm interested this next year I think this first year was like do the people want this right will the people come mm-hmm. and now that we know that the people will come I think year two is like bigger strategy like think just thinking bigger like what are bigger initiatives we can partner with like what are actual like action items so that it's not just like 
cranking out events, but there's like purpose. Right, right. So the idea is like evolving every day. It's, yeah. And I like the idea that it's, it's needs based. It speaks to the spirit of the times. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's something that's important to be able to, you know, harness uh, whatever wave uh, that you're trying to accomplish at the time. Right. Um, on your website, it says, we are the ones we've been waiting for. Yeah. What is what what does that um, slogan or, or, or moniker mean to you? I heard Obama say that and I know he didn't you know originate it, but I heard Obama say that and it gave me goosebumps because I think we're always waiting for a hero. Like there's a problem, like who's gonna fix this? And I think it's been amazing. I mean, I think you can look at it so many different ways, but we're now the tastemakers that we used to look up to. Like mm -hmm. we're setting the wave. Like what we say is what corporate America is doing. And like, we're the reason that, you know, these huge corporations are pulling their campaigns. We're the ones that are like, mm, mm -hmm. nah, bruh, like that's actually not cool. And I think mm -hmm. it's cool to have this force. And I mean, it's just, you know, I love history. And I mean, I don't think there's ever been a cooler time, if you can even say this, to be like black. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's I just a wave right now. it's such a wave and it's it's for so many years our ancestors have had to try to apologize mm -hmm. and be less visible and less and less and I think we're this unapologetic nope we're here kind of thing and I think it all comes together to be like we are like like Oprah says our ancestors wildest dreams like mm -hmm. the fact that you can dream of something in this generation we're just like i have an idea um but you know i think a lot of people live lives of quiet desperation they want to do these things so bad it like kills them every day they, like have this great idea and they just never have someone that's like well go do it and mm -hmm. i think you know it's a tragedy to kind of have a dream and just be like but never act on it and so i just feel like I'm all about empowering people. And like, I'm not saying every dream that you have is the dream, mm -hmm. but I'm all about like, just water it a little bit. Like it could be something big. And I think our whole thing is just encouraging people, you know, not to fantasize, but to do. Like if you have an idea for a domain, pay $10 and buy the domain. There you go. It's easy. One, two, three. That's easy. Yeah. Our ancestors couldn't do that. Right. You know what I you, mean? So, I, I I, mean, I think, it, I mean, God, I'm quoting so many people, but like, what a time to be alive, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's such an exciting time to be alive. And I think, you know, it's, we're changing the idea of what an entrepreneur looks like. Absolutely. I don't think you have to quit your job to be an entrepreneur. Not necessarily. No, yeah. Really. How do you manage that? Manage those two worlds of actually being in the job, working with corporate clients and yeah. whatnot, as well as, you know, building a brand as well, too? I think it makes me better. I think, what do mm. they say? If you want something done, give it to someone who's already busy. Don't give it to someone who has nothing to do. Mm. I actually never heard that before. That's interesting. Yeah, that's the first time. If you want something done, give it to someone who's already running towards it. Don't give it to someone who's like, oh, I'll get to it. Because you will ironically find the person who's busy will get it done. And I heard that. I was like, well, but I think it's true. Like, the Creative Collective, without a doubt, is stronger because of my corporate background at NBC Universal. I know mm. how to barter how to give you the cost value. I know how to kind of like, how can I make this relationship mutually beneficial? I think a lot of times people 
go and they're, you know, they want to partner with someone and they're just like, can I have your venue? I have a hmm. cool thing. Right, right. Well, you've got to think about that person. What can you give them? Why should they? If they, if you weren't you, why would they? So I think I learned a lot of these things from corporate America, just like the, and again, again, I'm not saying this is like the road. It's just mine. Like there are people who never have been in corporate America. Like one of my, again, mentors, Fadia, like just got into corporate America, but she's been killing things her own way until then. So different strokes. But for me, like I love the structure of a corporate job and then having an outlet that's creative. That's what works for me. That's interesting. That's I've it. never yeah. heard anybody actually say in that way where, you know, you can balance both and it still be, you know, uh, it works for you. Yeah. Definitely. I like that. I like what that. are some things that you had um, done over the time to refine your communication skills? I mean, obviously, to be successful in a position that you hold, you have to be able to um, appeal yeah. To, to numerous people on different wavelengths. So what are some um, uh, some practices that you had done previously to, you know, refine your skills? That's such a good question. I think before anything is just being a people person. I think people can see through any kind of exchange where you're trying to go through a person and get what they have, right? Mm-hmm. Like that never works. Like, and I, I say that across anything. I think you have to genuinely look at the person and try to figure out what do you both want Mm -hmm. and that's how you can get the best i think another thing is just being concise not being long-winded i think when i first came like i was talking about being southern i would warm things up i would be like you know but now if i get introduced to someone i'm like when can we get coffee Mm. like why are we talking five years on like let's get in front of each other where are you from like what do you want what do i want i think i try to get coffee like I mean, I try to mention coffee like the second the second I can, because I want to get in front of people. Um, I think that I think being concise. I think knowing and learning what your mission is. Like, you got to believe it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you got to believe what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I want to follow up to that. So, and this is gonna bleed into a little bit of your day job. Okay. But for the listeners. Developing a press strategy. Um, there are certain things that there are certain criterion that need to be met. How does somebody who is a up and coming entrepreneur that has a, a solid business idea or project or what have you develop a solid strategy for um, sharing mm-hmm. their their sales or their product or service? I well, first you've got to be patient. Which for us is so hard. You want to go from one follower to like 10K and a verified check mark. And it sucks because it never works that way. Like on our Instagram, I mean, we used to get like 20 likes. That was good day. Right. Right. So I think the first thing is before you're even on social media, I think it's figuring out what are you about? And I I think a lot of people try to go so far-fetched with that, but it's as simple as like, I want to curate a community like for us by us. Like it doesn't have to be like a five paragraph fancy language kind of situation. I think you, you figure it out and that takes a long, a lot of time. Um, I think I'm really impatient. Um, and I wanted 
I just wanted people to see the things that I saw. Like I knew that this would be bigger than my living room, but I think you have to like treat it like a baby. Like, a, and I call it my baby because I think in the beginning you can't share it with too many people because right. then you get too many opinions and then you're That's stuck. True. That's very true. And my dad, he'd be like, it's like a baby. Like if you have a newborn, are you really going to the mall and passing the newborn around? Like That's getting a, everyone's opinion? That's a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea. You've got to have people you trust, but that's the thing. You've got to trust them. I trust, like, my sisters. I've got two sisters. My parents, like, you know, my core group. Mm -hmm. I was like, I got this idea. And I went to my friends, and I said, I've got this idea. I think I'm going to start a collective. You've got to bring people in that, even if they're not, even if their stake isn't as high, they are invested in some way that they can be, like, I got this idea. Is this a good idea? I have friends that are so honest. I'll, mm. I will literally send them the name, name of an event I want to do, and they're like, that's corny. Right, right, right. What did I say? I was like, oh, let's call one of our events like Hustle Friday or something. And they're like, no, it's corny. No one will come. Nobody's trying to hustle on a Friday. Nobody <laughs> wanted to hustle on a Friday. Right, right, right. So we didn't, we didn't do that. <laughs> we didn't do you, that. You mentioned something previously. You said <laughs> your, your mentor, right? Um, how important was it for you to have a mentor mm-hmm. through your um, through your life, through the different initiatives you went, you, you went through, and was it needed for your growth? Mentors are so important, um, but I don't have, like, one. Okay. I have a few because my mentors are pretty, like, the shit people. They don't have – not that they don't have time, but, like, you want to be fair with – their time. Um, and I think when I was, you know, I tell people this because when I was in college interning in New York, my mentor was the head of ad sales of Viacom, white man. Mm-hmm. I don't think your mentor has to look just like you. I mean, it helps, but they don't have, it's more about what you're learning. Like, are you being smart about your decisions? And do you have someone that you trust to like really get authentic feedback from? But right now, I mean, Sometimes my mentors are my peers. Sometimes my mentors, I have some at work. Sometimes my mentors are older than me. Yeah, I get that. It depends on what vein. What I need. Yeah. You know, you got to have kind of like a little Rolodex of people that you can pull from, um, that you can go to. Because I think navigating something like an organization, you know, we're looking at all these organizations that are having these just like kind of pitfalls and pitfalls. And Mm -hmm. now with social media, you make one mistake. Like right, right, right. it's a wrap for you. It's a wrap. So yeah, yeah. Do you guys have one mentor? Well, I can't even personally. I can't even say that. Like right. um, I mean, there are people that I admire. Right. Like quality wise. Do you have anybody you you hit? I up feel for like advice? nah. Everything I've personally learned is trial and error, yeah. which is why things take me a little bit longer to learn. But that's just me. You know, mm-hmm. I just, some people are fortunate to meet somebody that they could like, you know, confide and be like, oh, let me get this advice. Like, you right. Know. But I mean, it's it varies. You know, some people find that in books. Some people find that in an individual or circumstance. I totally agree. Yeah, I think same for me. Um, I think there's few people who have have built who have been around. I can't call them mentors, but I've been around and I see their hustle. And, okay, that inspires me. And I'll take different pieces from different people and try to like you know take on that myself right but um, as far as like somebody that um actually says like yo i see potential in you i'm gonna be there for you and help you i don't think i've had it to that extent which is cool though which i kind of prefer like because trial and error you kind of learn 
it not only does it teaches you the tools you need, but it also teaches you how to be very strong, right? Yep. So yeah, that's cool. Pretty much. I wanted to know real quickly. Um, since you've started, like in this digital climate, things change rapidly. Yeah. What are two or three changes that have happened business wise um, that you've found yourself having to adapt to very quickly? I think, well, one for sure, which is something that I love, is that things are just getting a little bit less formal in mm-hmm. terms of just like how we put out information to consumers. So that being said, like press releases used to be very like, this is the formula. This is what you can say. This is what you can't say. And things are just kind of like becoming a little bit more like consumer driven. So that being said, like I just wrote a press release and the headline was like, yes, with like 20 A's, hmm. like five S's, hmm. like, because I was writing about the Real Housewives of Atlanta, yeah. and that's how consumers would read it. They know, and when they read that, they said it just like that in their mind. And it resonates. Just like that. Yeah. Like, Real Housewives of Atlanta is the highest rated show on Bravo. Wow. On Bravo, ever. Okay? Yeah. It's a cast of all black women. So I'm writing to wow. people ever? who are just like me, ever. Shoot. Of all time. Wow. Ever. So I'm writing to people who look I, just I like me. Can all say that Bravo wasn't popping before Monty got there. Oh, (laughs) that is not true. (laughs) My boss is... That's not true. (laughs) But yeah, that, I think, you know, the way we can, like, put out exclusive clips, like, again, it used to be only on digital, but now you can release exclusives on, like, Instagram Mm. or Snapchat. Um, There's eyeballs there. I think in the beginning, people were like, this social media, but, like, it's driving conversation and it's cool to be in a place where you know more about something than like your bosses. Mm-hmm. True indeed. <laughs> That's kind of cool. If you, um, let's say there's a, a young Southern girl right now want to be like <laughs> a Imani, like damn, Imani's dope. And you know, she wants to come to the big city to make her dreams come true. And yeah. um, what piece of advice would you give her on how to navigate this city, on how to chase your dreams while still keeping your integrity and producing and creating and really following your your um, your, your ambitions? I think, oh God, and I say this from such a place of love, but I really think you got to go back to the old school of like hustling and just get rid of this like entitlement. Like I, that's a fact. I Before hate you- it finish that i checked your uh linkedin page and i was astounded at the amount of internship internships that you've done oh, and yeah. i've and i've heard um charlamagne say this most recently like you know a lot of people miss an opportunity because there's not a check attached like mm. sometimes yeah. you just gotta really put that and i used to be one of those individuals younger like damn like but i was poor like, you know, like, <laughs> like but at the same time it's like yo it's kind of like yo why am i leaving my house if like y'all can't give me a stipend or whatever right. but at the same time it's the the experience that's gonna that's hundreds of thousands of dollars of experience that you're 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 investing in yourself this is true it's so true i i remember one time before caa it started like the end like the middle of June. So I, I stayed at the NYU housing, but there, I didn't have an internship for the first month. Mm. I was like, Oh no, I, I'm going to find an internship. So I literally like stalked the head of A&R at universal music group, like on Twitter. And I just like reached out to him and I was like, I will literally staple all of your papers just to learn about A&R at universal music group. And he's like, okay. So like I got my like internship at universal music group, like through Twitter. Wow. 
There you wow. go. So you can Tremendous. do it. I say that to say, like, be resourceful. People. Be resourceful. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Yeah. So yeah, back to the um, you were saying, um, hustle and don't know sense of entitlement. Oh yeah. So yeah, don't be. I mean, I just think you know, I I meet and I get emails all the time, and the emails are, Hi Amani, my name is so and so. I saw this job at NBC. Can you help me get a job? And I just I would never email someone that. Yeah. I just I just feel like. I don't How would know. You approach that. I would. I think the best way to approach anything is getting to know the person first. Like the creative collective, like that's what we're all about. Is like, what do you like? What do we like? That's mutual. Oh, and what do you do? Like, I think that's how you should approach anything. I mean, I just, I, I can't imagine anyone. I can't imagine going up to anyone that I did not know and be like, hey, like I saw they were hiring at Complex. Can you hire me? Right. That's weird. That never works. That doesn't work. Yeah. If anyone's listening and you've done that, don't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you should just ask people out for coffee. Right. And then I think people will respect that you're hungry and they'll want to help you. Right, right. But yeah, hustle, be nice to people. Um, you know, try not to post everything on Instagram, like mm. your acceptance slot email. You mm. shouldn't post that on Instagram. I know it's so exciting, but you shouldn't do that. <laughs> all right so you are on driven minds and we asked all our guests this question um pretty much what drives imani what makes you wake up in the morning go out go hard do what you gotta do make your parents proud want to build a community build a legacy what drives you oh my god you can get deep if you want <laughs> um i think it's a few things one like I'm almost like obsessed with becoming. Mm. I'm just like obsessed with growth and not being stagnant. I think, oh my God, I'm going to quote House of Cards. You guys watch House of Cards? I've only seen one episode. <gasps> where it he will threw change your chick in front of the train. I was like, oh, that's the show? Oh, yeah, the series? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It will okay. change your life. Yeah, he said, um, he's like a shark, and you know, sharks, if they stop swimming, they die. I've heard that. Yeah, I agree. If I feel like I'm not moving, I mm. feel like it's this, I'm just, I hate that feeling. So I'm obsessed with this idea of becoming, and I also just want to create something bigger than myself. Like I love going to my events and you'll see sometimes I just like step back. I'm not in the mix. Like Mm -hmm. I am not in the middle of the party. I love to step back and like after an event is over and like the, like people should be gone. I love when they linger and they're just like the energy there. They don't yeah. want to leave. It's just that essence. That's awesome. I just want to keep building that and creating that. And I want to get rid of the notion that if you win, that means that I lose. Like, mm-hmm. if you get this opportunity, that means that I can't get it. I yeah. think it's been ingrained in the back of our mind that, like, oh, they're taking a step forward, which means I'm now, like, behind them. When I think, really, when you elevate, God, I feel like I'm being so corny, but I'm not. I really mean nah. it. I feel like you got to retrain yourself to be happy, genuinely happy, not I'm going to double tap, but like, fuck you happy, like genuinely happy for your friends and your acquaintances who are like doing great things because either one that can inspire you to do something cool or like they can be the plug. I think people are afraid of the energy not being reciprocated as much as, as rather than, oh, 
me being happy for an individual. I think people are just insecure in that vein. Because it's difficult. Yeah. Like, you can't really gauge people's uh, motive. Yeah, that's at, at true. That point. But I think if you move forward in good faith, then you'll be uh, handsomely rewarded. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so we, uh, this was actually a really amazing podcast. Definitely this is fine. therapeutic. And I'm looking forward to, uh, attending one of your events. Yes. Hopefully you don't make grilled cheese. <laughs> is that your favorite food? No. Oh. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yo. We want to thank Imani once again for, you know, sharing her insight on her life, the grind, the drive she has, you know, a company she's building right now, which is the Creative Collective. Definitely. And, if you know, we want to find yeah. you on the socials, where do we uh, look? Yes, yeah, so social handles is Imani Imani, double mm-hmm. I in the middle, and then it's the T-H-E-C-C-N-Y-C. Absolutely. It's fire. Like we always say, it's time. Stay driven. Stay driven.